Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, welcome to the show today. This is the July 4th show, and we wanted to talk to you about why we celebrate the 4th of July. So I know everyone's getting excited about the weekend, having some time off, going to the lake, barbecuing, spending time with their family, um, playing ball. What do you think? Of, we have Dr. Slaughter joining us today. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you today. When you think of the 4th of July, what do you think of? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is fireworks, you know, and, oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and uh, getting uh, to see a, a beautiful display of fireworks. But, you know, I also believe uh, that uh, family is, uh, is an important thing for me, too, as we rally together on the 4th of July. 4th of July has become one of my favorite holidays. We were talking about that earlier. Well, and one of the things that is so interesting is I've seen a lot of interviews this week of people who are going around the U.S., whatever city they're in, and they're interviewing people about the 4th of July and why we celebrate it. And it is amazing how many people do not know why, do not know what it's based on, do not know (laughs) anything about it. And I have to think, gosh, what is happening to our country? They've forgotten their history. And so one of the um, shows I saw with Mark Dice, he was just going around interviewing people in California. And I lived in California for a long time. And so, um, so I'm going to let you hear Mark. When signed the Declaration of Independence in 1976, what country did we break away from? Wait, what? Hold on. This is just her. Oh, God. What country <laughs> did we break away from back in 1976 when the Declaration of Independence was signed? That's a really good question. You know, we have a big party. Everybody celebrates and gets yeah, drunk and barbecue. July. I love that. But you don't know why we celebrate No, it's, um, it's... China. 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 We took the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. We broke away I knew that. I knew that. China. Okay. When we declared independence from China back in 1776, <laughs> and Jesse Ventura signed the Declaration of Independence, what year was that? Oh, God. Wait, Jesse Ventura signed the Declaration Yeah, hold on. Just him. Just him. We'll get to you in a minute. I have no what idea. What year was that? The Declaration of Independence signed when we had the Revolutionary War against China. It's been so long. It's been so long. Right, I haven't had to remember that forever. Who cares about American history and our founding, right? Talking about the uh, Chinese Revolutionary War. Okay. When we signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776 and broke away from China, what year was the Declaration of Independence signed? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it was 18 something. 18 something. I don't know. Oh no, okay. Have a nice time. When the Founding Fathers signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776, what year did they sign the Declaration of Independence and break away from England to start America? 78. I don't know. Uh, 1978? Yeah. 1978. When Jesse Ventura and Jack Lemmon and the other Founding Fathers signed the Declaration of Independence, what year was that? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Have a nice life. 1812. The Declaration of Independence was signed in 1862. 1762. Okay, zombie. Hey, what is it? Uh, What year was the Declaration of Independence signed by Jesse Ventura and Jack Lemmon? 1842. 1842. Uh, What date specifically? Uh, The the day? November 2nd. Wait, what? November 2nd. What year was the Declaration of Independence signed? Uh, Just what? 1774? 1974. There you go, 1974. Okay, so I found that incredibly interesting. And there was more than one interview. People did this all week long, and they will continue the rest of the week interviewing people to see what they know about the Founding Fathers or if they even know why we celebrate the 4th of July. And so I didn't know how bad our country's gotten. 
And um, after seeing that, I thought, you know what? We need to talk about today why we are celebrating the 4th of July. We want you to celebrate it. It's such a great time for your family, and it's such a great time to celebrate the independence of the country. Um, I had one lady tell me that it was celebrating being independent as a person. (laughs) So (laughs) that was interesting, too. Independent as a woman, I heard, as well. And um, so, you know, part of... um, really understanding why we're here and understanding what we're doing. When you celebrate this weekend, don't just lose the meeting and watching the fireworks and hanging out with your family. Pass it on. Pass it on what it is we are doing to celebrate the independence of our country. Yeah, one of the things that comes to mind to me as we talk about this is just the fact that it may become it have become a cliche, but it just seems that we take so much for granted here, you know, in our country, in America. Uh, We take for granted the fact that we are free uh, in so many different ways when people all over the world have no freedom like that. Um, And that, you know, people have paid a price down through the years to buy that freedom for us. And that uh, it really started back uh, back then in 1776 and signing the Declaration of Independence, even before that, as you were talking about earlier, as we talked. But you know, I, I I'm at the place where I don't want to I don't want to take it for granted anymore. You know, and I've I've really uh, enjoyed looking into and and uh, researching some things about the Revolutionary War period here in America, and and it's become kind of a pastime for me to to learn more about it. I, I'm so impressed with the people, the Americans, the colonists who, uh, who fought that war and uh, earned independence for us. Well, yes, and I really was going to try to get Jeff Meek on again to talk about the Revolutionary War. But to simplify it, I'd like to just simplify it if we narrow it down to the main things that um, our founding fathers, why they wanted to break free of Britain. Britain was tyrannical at the time. Um, we were under Britain rule and a lot of things that are happening today is interesting because it was happening then, but it was England, Great Britain doing that to the colonies here and, um, the colonies here did not like it. And one of those was, um, the pressure from, the pressure about religion. Now, they, back then, when we talk about that, um, separation of church and state was actually flipped. It was our founding fathers wanted to be free from the uh, pressure and um, the force to worship and become members of the Anglican church. Right. Because the uh, Great Britain saw it as if you were English, then you were Anglican. It's kind of like if you say, if you're American, then you're a Christian. Well, the difference is that if it, what Great Britain would do, would force it on you. So the government was forcing a certain religion and had a state religion, a government religion, which was the Anglican religion. And the people didn't have a choice. And so what our founding fathers wanted was freedom from the government, the state, forcing a religion on you. So it was freedom from that, not freedom from the state forcing religion on you versus the other way around, Um, forcing a state government one religion that you had to abide by. Yeah, and when we talk about separation of church and state, that's that's exactly what it was, uh, what, what that fight was about in the early days. It's become something else as people they perverted it, it today yeah. and corrupted it. Um, it. It really has to do with the government not being able to tell you how to worship. Right. And 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 you're exactly right. I mean, Anglicanism was uh, that was the that was the state church. In, in England, and so people, when you know Europeans came over here, Englishmen came over here, they were expected to remain Anglican, and uh, 
that was not necessarily the case over here. And uh, Especially so since, a, you know, the Puritans left, so many people left because of that. Right. And so they came over here because they could worship in any way that they wanted. Yeah, there was a, there, there was a strong, strong uh, uh, draw, you know, to be able to worship how they felt like uh, they wanted to, they needed to, uh, their connection with God. And so... Um, yeah, that that that's originally what brought people here. That and there there were a couple of other things, but that was the main the main thing. People sought refuge Away here and, and and started the colonies uh, uh, for that purpose, and then uh, the uh, the British uh, came here and 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 wanted to, to to continue to force Anglicanism on people. In fact, they were sending over like twenty thousand soldiers to enforce that at one point. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and there were some eighteen thousand Hessian uh, mercenaries even who came, yeah, much less the yeah. British troops, right? Germans. So yeah, Germans. And so, what's it's interesting before break when we go to break because um, it, it, what's happening now is the government, the media, a lot. I mean, it's pressuring people, uh, taking away freedom of religion taking away your freedom to worship in the way you want. Instead, if one person in a group of 10,000 doesn't like what you're worshiping, then the state makes you stop and um, makes you, they say, take it inside. But um, you can't practice your religion. It's getting more and more to the point where practicing your religion and your faith being protected, whatever that is, is not being protected as much anymore. And so people are forgetting why we came over here. And um, the fact that it's been flipped, freedom from state religion is being flipped to freedom from any religion, freedom from individual at all, anyone around you practicing a religion. So um, it was before you can practice it, whatever you believe. Now it's, no, you can't if you don't agree with us. And that's getting back to what the what the you know, the Britons were doing. And so um, part of it is just to really understand why we why we broke free and what we're celebrating this weekend. So we wanted to fill you in. Uh, Mark Dice, when he was interviewing people, it was so clear that they had no idea what they're doing. And if you lose your history, you really lose your independence because everything we've done as a country to get free, we are forgetting. So we're starting to repeat the past, and we're becoming more like Great Britain was then over over the time. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I, I think there, uh, there are aspects of tyranny that we suffer today uh, and um, here, here in America, mm-hmm. and it, it, there is a reminder about how it was like when, when the colonists um, Came started the, the country here, you know, uh, and uh, and the tyranny of Great Britain has has become, in a sense, uh, kind of a local tyranny now again. And yeah. in many ways, our freedoms are being set aside. They're being destroyed. They're being uh, we're being uh, told what to do and coerced in in numerous ways. Yes, and so part of it is when we get back from break, I'm going to play 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 you another um, interview where they're interviewing people. It is so funny. It, and it's funny, but it's in a lot of ways, it's sad. But it's tragic. It's tragic. And, he, and Mark Dice started being goofy, you know, about Jesse Ventura or whatever. And people didn't blink an eye when he was saying that stuff. You know, and Jack Lemmon and, you know, 1978, um, which was not that long ago. And so, um, yeah, it was it was tragic. Because if you understand that if you don't know history, you repeat it, that's pretty scary. And so, uh, so we want you to know so you can have a wonderful time with your family and pass on the history of this country. And so uh, when we come back, we will play you a new interview. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. 
Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, welcome back. We're going to play one more interview of Mark Dice interviewing people uh, about the 4th of July. Uh, July 4th, 1776, we declared independence from yeah. England. Yeah. What date did they sign the Declaration of Independence? The date? The yeah. date? I don't know. The date was that? That was like 19 something? Like 1914? 1876? I don't know. Uh, but you don't. No, yeah. Are you intoxicated? No, yeah. Well, everyone. Are you a 5150 on you're Mexican. Are you going to be celebrating the Independence Day, Fourth uh, of July, despite those differences? Well, usually we celebrate anything that has to do with anything to drink, pretty much. <laughs> okay. So, so even though like your people and, and my people, the, you know, battled each other in the Revolutionary War, we could come together and celebrate the Fourth of July together. Yeah, it's like uh, people do that in Cinco de Mayo too, like. The white folks are yeah. an excuse for us to get drunk too. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, Mexicans, yay, Cinco de Mayo, let's get wasted. And usually it's them that are wearing the sombreros and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> okay, thanks, bro. All right, no problem. You're Mexican. Do you celebrate the 4th of July even though we've declared our independence from Mexico in 1776? Well, I was born in the United States, so I'm uh, Mexican parents, but I'm an American. But, but you we celebrate the 4th of July. But So you don't see any conflict of interest no. because you're Mexican and we declared independence from Mexico? Not at all. There's no, so you, have a, you, you, you like both sides? Mm-hmm. Even though we declared independence from Mexico? I think that was wonderful that we declared independence. That was wonderful we declared independence from Mexico. Yeah. And just become, we, we can be neighbors now though, we can be friendly neighbors even though Absolutely. the Declaration of Independence declared independence from our Mexican neighbors. We can still be friends, yeah. neighborly. What country did America declare independence from? Uh, independence, what, what country? Independence from England. From England, correct. Here we have a yeah. German citizen, a tourist, huh? who knows more about the 4th of July than many Americans. That was incredible. Okay, the German tourist knew that. He was also older, because we find that older people usually know. Yeah, because that part of history and and, and all American history is so much a uh, part of uh, what that generation learned. They were we, we were taught that. We were taught that, <clears throat> and they're not really taught that now. No, they pick, you know, the textbooks today really don't emphasize the birth of America like they used to. They don't go back very far at all. Honestly, mm. there's like in the 1940s. I mean, they don't seem to go very far back. And and some students in high school will tell me they, you know, studied um, the Civil War. They usually go back to the Civil War mm. and uh, World War Two. But do they go back farther than that? Often not. And so the founding fathers, they, they hear about some of the weaknesses of the founding fathers at times. 
you know, they had, they had, some of them had slaves or they started universities. I had somebody that knew that. They knew okay. that Thomas Jefferson started mm-hmm. a university. Okay. But they thought Thomas Jefferson was French when they were telling me about it. And he wasn't French. No. He just went to France. And so, okay, so we were talking about the freedom from religion that people think today it's freedom from religion, but it, but it isn't that. It's freedom from government establishing a state religion and pressuring us to, to so where we can't choose. Right. It is not the choice of religion. And then the other thing was taxation. <clears throat> yeah, taxation was uh, awful in the days of the American Revolution. That was one of the, the primary reasons they wanted to get out from under British rule. Uh, everything was taxed, and 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 uh, and that without representation. And so the the colonists couldn't even uh, they didn't even have a voice on the kinds of tax or the amount of tax that they had to pay. When you say because Thomas Jefferson, one of his most common things he said was taxation without representation is not right. right. And so yeah. what he meant was, is they didn't have a voice in the British Parliament at all. And so when you're taxed, you usually are a part of the government, you pay taxes, but you also have a say about where those taxes go, what right. they're used for, and you vote and get to do all those kinds of things. Right, and I mean, you know, uh, uh, one that's close to home is like a school tax, you know. We, right. we vote whether or not to add a certain amount of money to school taxes, you know, that become a part of the taxes we pay. Uh, they were not allowed to do that. And um, not only that, but they were uh, refused the right to buy uh, colonial goods. They had to buy British goods. Uh, so artists, what, they, what they produced over here. Yeah, yeah. The, they would, yeah. The, the, the people who were uh, making uh, uh, things here, creating uh, 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 things for sale, that kind of thing, they, they were not able, the colonists weren't, couldn't buy that, that stuff. They had to buy British goods. And that's, but the, what's interesting about that, both of those, if we just talk about being able to buy American goods. More and more, when we shop, it is hard to find things that say made in the USA. Yeah, it's almost a, a, a an anomaly now to, to have something say made in USA. And, and uh, once in a while you can see that, but not because very our, often. Because our Congress, President, you know, all of our legislative officials have manipulated the export and import businesses so that other countries can sell to us and not be taxed, but we can't sell to them without being taxed or without taxing them, so therefore they don't buy our stuff as much. But our stuff goes out. We don't get to use it here. Mm -hmm. And so buying locally is really the only way that you get to do that, really, or if you very carefully make sure that you buy USA products. You know, we shop because we live... Um, not that far from the city, but we're pretty much in the country. We often shop at a at a um, farmers market, um, at a, um, a market at the where they have fresh food and they have eggs and all that. And so we buy locally a lot of our stuff, and and we do try to buy made in the USA. And it is hard. It is hard, and it is often more expensive. And so we have. Um, taxed ourselves out of being competitive because when we try to buy like even just jeans made in the USA they are more expensive than buying you know clothes from other places China they don't get hardly taxed at all for bringing their goods over here so they can sell their goods here cheaper to us than we can sell our goods to us which makes no sense because ours aren't being shipped across another country Um, and so that's happening now also taxation without representation we don't really get any, hardly any say, more and more, of where a lot of our taxes go. If you remember, your taxes used to pay for fire, firemen and policemen and school. All the school supplies were taken care of. You know, now, um, you know, it's amazing to me how many parents are out buying school supplies and they're buying other supplies for the teachers and they're buying uniforms and, you know, everything, gym clothes and all the stuff that when we were in school, we didn't pay for that. It was all part of our taxes. And um, now parks are being closed. Um, They're talking about policemen charging. We're going to get, you know, if they come to our house, we'll be charged for that. Firemen, they're coming up with all these ways of charging us for services that we used to get by taxes. So, and we don't get a lot of say from our Congress what happens with our taxes. So more and more of that's happening. It's nowhere near as bad as back then. 
Um, but uh, so those two things, taxation without representation, and then being able to sell goods competitively and here in your own country, um, British forcing you to buy their products. Also, the Britons were making money off of the colonies. They wanted the colonies not to get hardly any of the money and for them to get all the money. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Well, and there, you know, I don't know about the um, uh, trade issue mm-hmm. so much. I, we may have, may have covered that. There, there were other issues where, where tyranny was at work. I mean, right. uh, colonists did, did not have the freedom to assemble. They couldn't get into a group. They couldn't have an assembly. They couldn't have a meeting, you know, on their own. They, they were subject to... Uh, what now would or became illegal search and seizure and that kind of thing. Uh, British troops could break into a household at any moment, and you didn't know what they were going to take or do or whatever. Uh, colonists did not have the legal right to bear arms of their own. They could not have a gun. Now many did, but yeah, they, they did, did it illegally, you know. And uh, there, there were so many issues like that that later came up in what we call the Bill of Rights that gave rights to the colonists, to American people, to have the privilege and the freedom to to enjoy those kinds of things. Well, yeah, and, and the, a lot of things happened once we broke away from Great Britain. We started putting things in place that we wanted. Um, but in the beginning, beginning it was, you know, uh, life. They believed that we had the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. happiness. Right. You know, which is, is interesting because so did France. France was going through the same thing. And um, theirs was, and that's why Thomas Jefferson related to them so much, that they as well believed in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think in France, it was life, liberty, and the pursuit of land. Um, okay. And um, But they, they ended up mm, rebelling, revolting, and... Um, killing people and beheading people and dragging us in the streets and taking over. So they, they actually took over their country, right? Wouldn't you say the French Revolution was like that? Mm-hmm. Now, ours wasn't. Ours was just getting rid of Great Britain to go away, to break free from them, to break free from the tyranny of another country, to just have them leave and not have any say. Well, the French Revolution started through a riot. Yeah, it was very violent. Okay, the storming of the Bastille. Uh, The American Revolution started in Independence Hall with a long period of legislation that uh, eventually took a vote, where a vote was taken, that we should separate ourselves from Britain. Right. And um, so it was much more civilized and calm. Civilized, calm, and and legal. And legal. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was pretty cool that all the states voted, 13 states came together, because it was the colonies, they weren't states, right. 13 colonies, and they voted, one abstained, I think it was New York that abstained, mm-hmm. um, they voted to break off from Great Britain. And so it was, but, and they believe that they should be, the when you, can you explain what they meant by the freedom of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Well, yeah, and what I wanted to say about that is that, you know, Jefferson was really clear when he wrote the Declaration of Independence <clears throat> about that. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, nobody should even question that. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, they're self-evident truths. And then beyond that, unalienable rights that is rights that never should be taken away, never should be separated from the people. They are clearly evident truths. Every person, every human deserves to have these rights, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is amazing that Thomas Jefferson wrote all that himself. Now, that once they all got together in the Continental Congress where they gathered to vote on that, they, they, <clears throat> they agreed on July 2nd. And then it took two more days to tweak it as far as the wording. They changed the wording, right? They changed the bit. wording. <clears throat> Thomas Jefferson was like, why do you need to change it? Um, <laughs> it's perfect. But um, he had taken the ideas, though, from John Locke and a lot of different things. So he didn't come up with all the ideas, but he did. He was an incredible writer, and he put them all on paper. Um, he was a really good thinker. You know, yeah. I mean, he could put it together really quickly. He wrote the Declaration of Independence in a few days, which is amazing to me. And, right, he, mm-hmm. he was the man for the job. And the Declaration of Independence 
is a lot of people do not have copies of that. Um, we have a copy of that. Yes, we and, do. And uh, we have a copy of the Bill of Rights hanging up in our house. And too. the Constitution. And the Constitution. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the 4th of July is really understanding what that says. Um, it, most people, you know, they're hearing me say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They're like, okay, well, what would you think pursuit of happiness is? I would think it would have to do with uh, directing your life the the direction that you wanted to go with the choice of a career, the uh, the the choice of uh, uh, the form of, of religion that you chose to to be involved in, it would be those kinds of things. Uh, also, I think there's a kind of <clears throat> excuse me an inherent sort of lifestyle where I don't have to worry about uh, someone breaking down my door. And right. taking away my children, or taking away my spouse, uh, the pursuit of happiness, or taking to, your land, or taking your <laughs> land away. Right? It has to do with those kinds of things. And again, as Jefferson said, this is this is a self-evident truth. Every human should have those rights to mm-hmm. do with their life what they would like to do. And taxation really takes a lot of that away. I mean, if you are in a community and you agree to use money to help the community and you all agree on that and vote on that together in a smaller way, which they did at that time. I think there were like 20,000 or was it mm. 2.5 million? There's a very big difference between those two numbers. <laughs> I got that guys. <laughs> I think it was 2.5 2. million or something like that. Anyway, but um, they, there, they did have some things that as a community they, they put together to help support everyone. But what they didn't do is when they say life, liberty and pursuit of happiness, liberty is the freedom. Right. Um, lab, life is freedom as well to mm-hmm. live and not be killed. Um, and pursuit of happiness, you know, they took it a lot. Like France, it was uh, to own land. And um, they were a little, they got, and, and Jefferson wrote it and it got reworded quite a bit because they were worried about um, slaves having land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them in the south or wherever they were, the, I think a couple states didn't like that. So they reworded it. But basically it's to be able to have your own place, have your own land, mm-hmm. to be able to do that, to be able to work, to make money or to barter, to eventually own your own land. And that is how you became more successful. And um, to be able to work and make money, so have your own way to provide for your family. And then have no one take that away from you mm-hmm. when you earned it. And so, um, and definitely not um, lose power of your own family, what happens to individuals. So you had say over your own family. And uh, those things are, are so important to, they knew what was important. And our, um, our Declaration of Independence was different than any other countries because we really believed everyone should be free. And then everyone should be able to worship the way they want, and everyone should be able to pursue land and ownership and family the way that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So mainly they just wanted to get away from the tyranny of Great Britain trying to take all that away. Yeah, and they did it at such a huge cost, you know. And <clears throat> one of the reasons, maybe we can talk about this after the break, excuse me, <clears throat> but... Um, those people laid everything on the line. I mean, they were willing to die in order to have freedom from Britain. Yes. And I mean, die individually. Every man who raised his hand to vote was willing to die. Which is why once they declared independence and they became free after the American Revolution and everything, and then they tried, people tried to, because George Washington was so incredible, yeah. people tried to make him president. I mean, make him king. They said, you should be our king. And he was like, are you crazy? That, that's exactly what we left Great Britain from. Yeah, he, it was really funny. They, they really did try to make him king of America. And, uh, and his statement in response to that was, we just fought a war to get freedom from George III. Do you want me to be George IV? Yeah, it was crazy. It was just so funny how and he so, put that, but it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. because they liked him, but just because you like him and he's great, you don't make him king. I'd like to and s- I think he was in a phenomenal man. He, he was a phenomenal man and has become one of my heroes. I'd like and to I say do. more about that You later. will do that after break. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. We'll see you guys right back in a sec. Talk about George Washington. 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, welcome back. We are talking about the 4th of July and why we celebrate. And um, right before break, we were talking about George Washington. And Jim loves George Washington. (laughs) And we all admire him immensely. When we were talking before break about how um, once we won the, uh, the American Revolution and separated off from Great Britain and declared our independence... People started trying to make him George Washington king, and he said, no, (laughs) we just (laughs) left Great Britain. We just got away from kings, and we don't need another one. And so that was very admirable. I mean, I really think that a lot of people with that power and fame would have trouble not getting corrupted through that. And uh, George Washington said no, no, no many times to many things. Even running again for president, being the president again, he felt like he should step down Mm -hmm. and others should take over. And so he was a very admirable man. So I'll let you say from there, Jim. Well, thank you. You know, the the thing that I was considering as we were talking about this was uh, how now Independence Day, the 4th of July, brings to my mind after I've I've done a lot of reading and, and just study about it is the sense of values that it brings. You know, there are so many uh, virtues that come along with uh, the philosophy of the 4th of July, Independence Day, and why we fought a revolutionary war, why we fought a revolution in order to uh, to gain what we have. And uh, a few years ago, I wrote a piece in a newsletter that I wanted to refer to, and uh, you said I could even read a little bit of it here. Yeah, I'd like to about ahead. Washington, and it has to do with values. And uh, here's what I wrote. Independence Day celebration demands our consideration of the values which drove the spirit of freedom in the days of the revolution. It would be hard to imagine a single revolutionary figure who fleshed out more American revolutionary values than George Washington, the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. Washington was a heroic figure, larger than life. He was taller than most men of his day, stood out in a crowd, dressed impeccably, even in the heat of battle. American soldiers wanted to dress like him and be like him. His bravery and leadership in the face of enemy fire made him a legend. In one battle, he had two horses shot out from under him, and when the smoke cleared, counted multiple bullet holes in his coat and in his hat. A rumor circulated among the British Army that he couldn't be killed. Washington spent many of his adult years as a soldier, but he was equally a Virginia farmer who loved peace and beauty and his family. He had a keen sense of duty, though hindered by a Congress that often tied one hand behind his back. He knew what it meant to be betrayed by one of his closest friends and best officers, Benedict Arnold. He stood resolute of purpose and tender of heart as he suffered alongside his men at Frozen Valley Forge. Humility was a hallmark of Washington, Unlike most famous people of his day, he refused to write his memoirs. 
he said they would rather uh, hurt, he would rather have hurt feelings than have them tickle his pride while he lived. He would leave the writing to, post, post, uh, to posterity to think and say what they pleased of him. Washington was a man who believed in the God of the Bible, praying often for direction, protection, and deliverance. He attributed America's victory over Britain, quote, to the hand of providence, to the almighty ruler of the universe, propitiously defending the cause of the American states. George Washington's principal occupation from January 1776 to November 1783 was to secure liberty for his country. He became so passionate for freedom, the word nearly became synonymous with his own name. Freedom sparkled as the crown jewel of his values, making possible the enjoyment of all other virtues. His critics deny this, attacking him as a hypocrite, pointing to the cadre of slaves who ensured the prosperity of his Virginia plantation. But for Washington, freedom was for all people. And in his last will and testament, he declared that on the event of his wife's death, all slaves held by him were to receive their freedom. In addition, those who were old or ill were to be clothed and fed as long as they lived by Washington's heirs. And George Washington leaves behind a shining example for all Americans. His life was values-driven, thoughtful, and purposeful in deliberation and action. That's, that's the kind George of people Washington. we need to be. Yeah. Values-driven and purposeful, thoughtful, about how we live and what we do. And, but it still was incredible that he didn't let fame and power get to his head. It is it amazing. corrupt him. Yeah, it didn't, and it's amazing. And so, as you know, most people have trouble just even with the Homeowners Association power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is really true. Uh, uh, even a little power really corrupts little power. people, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Um, but I like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, and indeed will dictate the government's long-established, um, long-established should not be changed for the light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide, provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former system of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having a direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused to assent to his own laws. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, ignoring what his laws have been set. He has called together legislative bodies of places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly. He has dissolved the courts. He has refused for a long time after such disillusions to cause others to be elected, meaning he started um, manipulating elections. Mm -hmm. He empowered, he has endeavored to prevent the population of states and obstructing laws. And when, when you look at it, so much of what the king had done was obstruct laws. He didn't follow the rules. He didn't follow his own laws. Everything was for his own good and became very corrupt. 
Yeah, lots of executive order there. Yes, lots of executive order. And he has effected to render the military independent of the superior to the civil powers and become under his own power. So, um, so much of it when you read through the Declaration of Independence, um, and even the preparations that they put together of Continental Congress, you see why they did what they did um, for our own safety, um, to be free of the English laws and the English tyranny, so that we could become a better country, and um, so and just really create our own system based on what they learned to never ever let that happen again. And our, our laws were in place and our government was in place to prevent that. And you see so much of the legis- the three branches of government. I don't know, I don't, when you were a kid, you probably didn't have the uh, school rock videos when you were a kid that said, you know, they had the talking constitution rolled up and the Bill of Rights and they talked to each other and they were like, constitution, constitution. And it talked about the three branches of government and how they did a bill and all that kind of stuff. And so our three branches of government have been corrupted and the and changed, um, mainly starting over the last 15 years. So much has changed about removing protections and checks and balances. Yeah, many, and that's the, one of the most disappointing things to me ever is yeah. the lack of checks and balances. Uh, that, that one... That one uh, um, segment of government could check another segment of government so that no one was allowed to transgress the law and do wrong things. That was built into our country in, in, the, in the earliest stages of the Constitution. Now, um, it seems like those checks and balances aren't quite as quite there as much. Well, part of it is they've been removed. I mean, things that they've done, they combined the FBI and the CIA. I mean, a lot of things that they did that were protections. Mm-hmm. And even Congress, Congress themselves turned over a lot of their protection to protect their branch of government from the president. They have, in fact, lately he's been asking them to give him their powers. And, and they have, over the last two years, four years, given him an awful lot of power that they had. So they removed a lot of the protections between Congress and the president. And then, of course, the Supreme Court with the manipulation of the court and just um, pressure... Um, I mean, even the court's gotten pretty corrupted, and that's really shown lately <laughs> over the last few days. Yeah, I, I don't think Thomas Jefferson would recognize America today. I, don't I think he would either. think it's a different country. Well, in a lot of ways, he would though. There's still a lot of really good yeah, things. And, yeah, and, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to, to say that there isn't, but because um, I believe that all that can be stopped if we don't keep going off the cliff. You know, I really do. I have hope for America. Mm. Um, that a lot of that can be stopped. If we can, I think a lot of people have just kind of given up on Congress and the president and they just don't believe until, you know, they can get him out or whatever. I think they've given up hope that way and just try not to talk about it or think about it and go about enjoying, especially this weekend, the 4th of July, just have a really good time, have wonderful fireworks and try not to think about all the political junk out there. Because it's very disappointing when you elect people and they end up, what they say they'll do, they end up turning around and do the opposite. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and the betrayal of politicians is, you know, I think that we've had this trouble in our country off and on with politicians, but it's bad now. People will say one thing and do the total opposite. And so um, that's why I think it's important that people know what the Declaration of Independence says. And it really does say if a government is not working and they're corrupt and all that stuff, it tells you what you can do, it's actually in the Declaration of Independence and it's in the Bill of Rights, it's in our Constitution, the things that we can do to reestablish the government again because they knew that this can happen. And what was happening in Great Britain was 10 times worse than what's happened here. I mean, if you think of even just the um, Puritans fleeing from all over Europe, mm-hmm. it was a lot worse than it is here now. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, it, it was, and and here's here's the thing though, you know, um, things got so bad in the colonies because of the tyranny of Britain. Those people couldn't uh, they they couldn't stop thinking about that. They were forced into doing something because it had gotten so bad. They couldn't just uh, let it go. They couldn't ignore it. They couldn't just go shoot fireworks and, <laughs> and eat hot dogs, you know, and and let everything be okay because they were under such tyranny. Right. We don't want to let that happen. 
here. Well, no, and it's great that you know we we are still free. Yes, and we still get to worship, and we still get to protect our homes and our families, and and also just when you think of the pursuit of happiness, it's just not to having to worry and to be able to have fun. And um, a lot of, I mean, even just a lot of the things I talk about on the show are to live well, mm-hmm. to 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 be healthy, to enjoy life to the fullest. And I, and I think that, you know, in Europe, back in the 1700s, it had gotten to the point where it was very hard for people to do that except the elite. They right, had an awful right. lot of money and they didn't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Whereas America has made it that the middle class... Basically, it became a middle-class country. Most people, I mean, all the people who came over, most of them all were middle-class. And it was to help everyone pursue happiness, not based on how much money you had, but to be free no matter who you were and no matter how much money you had um, to pursue happiness. Mm -hmm. And, And if we think about it, when you think of bills... And if you're overrun with just the basic survival things, if you don't have a house or you don't have shelter or you don't have um, food or you don't have clothes, you know, those all, it would make it very hard for you to enjoy this weekend. Yes, it would. And so the fact that we can all do that this weekend and then help people who are um, less fortunate than us. Yeah, and the thing is uh, about that, all that freedom thing is that the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness means that we should, every person should have the right to put himself in a better place, right? to do his work, to use his gifts, his skills, to make it better for him and for his family. Which is what we want for you. We want for you to be able to better yourself, better your family, follow your dreams, and be able to reach them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is what this show helps you do, to empower you to do that. And today, we wanted to just remind you about the holiday and what it's about so that when you're enjoying it this weekend, you'll remember our founding fathers and be able to pass it on to your kids. You guys have a great weekend and happy Independence Day. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. We'll be right back.